0: I've been here before so many times. How's everybody doing today? It's time for another unexpected warrior devotion. It's been quite a while since we've been able to do one of these, so I'm excited to get back at it and get started doing this again. This is something that um, the Lord has kind of stirred in my heart the last few days, really for some time now. But I've been able to get it out on, uh, you know, out on some paper and write it out. And uh, the title of it is called "What Time Is It?" And I just wanted to share this with you. So pull up a chair, grab some coffee, turn the speakers up, and have a couple of people join you and, and check this out. You know, as a Christian, I find myself asking a question lately. And that question is, how do I take a stand for what is truth, what is right, what is godly? And yes, even what is American without being ungodly in doing it? I look around at everything going on in the world today, in our own country politically, uh, culturally, morally, and I find myself wondering, where is the body of Christ? Where's our Christian leaders who would take a bold stand for biblical principles, where are they at? I hear a lot of people say that we as Christians need to show people what we're for, not what we're against, that they already know what we don't believe in. And, you know, I do believe that that's partially true, but I think that that's often used as an excuse that people use to stay out of the arena, to stay out of the fight. People use that as a reason not to get involved. Christians are comfortable keeping their moral views to themselves. We We don't want to be disliked. We don't want to be seen as hateful. And I understand that it's safer keeping our moral political views to ourselves. After all, we're called bigots and hateful. We're called misogynists and homophobic. We're called intolerant and racist and divisive if we dare take a stand for the truth of the word of God today. And we sit back and we throw our hands up in the air and we take it. and We just hope that God will deal with it all. And of course, in the end, he will take care of it all. But right now we have our part to play in the here and in the now. You know, of course, I do agree that we're all called to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ on every occasion, without question. We need to do that as often as possible. Um, that wonderful passage in John three sixteen and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but... That the world through him might be saved i believe that with every fiber of my being we need to tell anyone who will listen about the saving grace of jesus christ but you know we have another responsibility as well we have a responsibility to drop the idea that we don't need to talk about the things that we're opposed to i don't know about you but i'm getting tired as a christian of being told to shut up and sit down to keep my views to myself i'm tired as a christian of being told that my views My beliefs are outdated or obsolete. I'm tired as a Christian of being dictated to by those who don't have my best interests or the best interests of my country at heart. Where are the Christian leaders who would dare to stand up and speak the truth in the darkness? Where are the prophets of old who would say with the boldness of the Holy Spirit and stand up to the kings of this world and say, The word of the Lord says in Jesus name. You know, we're told that there's no place for the Christian worldview in the public arena today. Keep God out of the schools. There's no place for Christian values in politics today. Keep God out of the government. They cry separation of church and state, which has been taken totally out of context, by the way. And it's usually done so with very little rebuttal from conservatives. The Christians are to keep their biblical views to themselves. That's the biggest lie that we as the body of Christ have ever fell for. I don't claim to be a history expert here, but if you look back at our history in America, you'll find that Christians were heavily involved in every area of government and public discourse, dating back from the founding on up to recent times. Among our first leaders were men who knew how to pray. They were Bible-reading, God-fearing men of God. They were pastors and church leaders that served their country and served their local communities, not only in their churches, but also as military leaders and political leaders. When you get an opportunity, you know, you can check this out along with a group that they used to call the Black Robe Regiment. Uh, David Barton, he's a Christian historian, and he has one of the largest private collections of historical documents anywhere. Um, He has some great resources at wallbuilders.com. It's really amazing stuff. I just want to encourage you to check that out. You know, there's an old saying that rings so true today, that people who do not know their past are doomed to forget it, or doomed to repeat it, rather. We do not want to be those people, <clears throat> and I know in some cases that you know we let fear hold us back from standing up for the word for the word of God. I know I've done it myself. We all get afraid. That's normal. It's natural. Sometimes we feel like we're outnumbered because the opposition often shouts so loudly or causes a lot of chaos. It can be intimidating. It can make it feel like there's just too many of them and not enough of us to take a stand and make a difference. But that's so far from the truth in reality. It reminds me of a story in the Old Testament in Second Kings chapter 6 when the king of Syria was making war against Israel and the balance of power had shifted to the favor of the Syrians. And Elisha's servant saw that there was an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. And Elisha told his servant, he said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And in the natural, that wasn't true in the natural because they were outnumbered. But Elisha prayed and asked the Lord to let his servant see into the spirit realm. And the Lord opened his eyes and showed him that the entire mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire from heaven all around Elisha. So when God sends us on a mission, when he gives us something to do, to stand in the face of opposition, you can rest assured that he has our backs. He's gonna give us what we need to complete the mission. You know, Slowly over time, we seem to have forgotten that we are on the winning team, and we've allowed ourselves to be pushed out to become disengaged from the public arena. We've willingly given up ground that people have fought and died for to the enemy. To the enemy, you may ask? Yes, we do have an enemy. It's a very, very real enemy who wants to destroy everything and everyone in this nation who would dare take a stand for the word of God. He is the father of lies. His name is Lucifer. He's the fallen angel who could not uh, win in the heavens, so he brought the fight here to God's creation. Satan has been trying to undermine and destroy everything that God has created here on earth since the garden. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How much ground, how much of our biblical principles, how much of our rights, our identity, our country, are we going to sit back and watch the enemy destroy before we take a stand for the Word of God. How long are we going to put up with the liberal agenda in our schools telling our children that it's okay if they feel like they might not be the gender that they were born as? How long will the body of Christ be okay with millions and millions of babies being killed every year? How long will we as Christians sit back and watch our government fall into the hands of socialist liberals who are hell-bent on destroying our Constitution? How many more people will we see get elected that are of a particular religious political ideology that states with no apology that they want to take over and convert us all to their belief system while we sit back with our mouth shut? I know this seems strong, and it's meant to. Yes, we are to share the love of the Lord without question. We're to be the light of the world. We are to be the light of the world. But that light also needs to shine in the areas That I've been discussing and more we are in a war here the Bible tells us that we're to put on the whole armor of God what's the armor for if we're not supposed to use it in battle the Bible says in Ephesians 6 uh, 10 through 18 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord in the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you would be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Although the war we face is not a physical war, it is a spiritual war, and there are times that we will have to take our stand against the Goliaths of this day. There are times that we need to speak up boldly and let our voices be heard. And yes, do it in love by the grace of God. There are times we need to be as bold as a lion and say enough is enough. You'll not tell me I cannot speak in the public square. You'll not tell me that I cannot speak the word of God. You'll not tell me how to raise my children. You will not tell me that I have to shut up and sit down. You'll not tell me that my values are no longer relevant here. I tell you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, until there is no breath left in my lungs, I will stand for the truth and the righteousness of the word of God. For it is God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. So amidst the chaos, amidst the clamoring and the confusion of our culture and of our times, I believe that today's Christian is being called to stand up and be counted, to not back down, to not be told what we can say in public and that we must keep to ourselves. I believe really that it's long past time, but we have to get started. We have to let we've let things go for far too long. We as the body of Christ, quite frankly, have not been good stewards of the wonderful nation that God has so mercifully blessed us with. We've turned the other cheek, if you will, for far longer than we should have you can see freedom of religion, freedom of speech slowly being eroded away, biblical principles and values being trampled on while we've been out of the game. We've, been, we've allowed ourselves to be set on the bench. You know, there's been a few preachers, a few evangelists over the years that take bold that have taken bold stands of faith, which is awesome. But unfortunately, while the church applauded their efforts, we didn't grab the torch and run with it like we should have. However, my hat does go off to pastors and evangelists, Roadside preachers who dare stand up today in the face of every kind of opposition, who don't back off from what they know the Word of God has said, and sometimes they do so at the very risk of their own lives. Are you willing to lay your life down today for the Word of God, for the Bible? If you have a pastor like mine who's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, who's unafraid to take a stand and let his voice be heard, then get behind him like never before. Show him your support through your involvement with the church and through prayer. You know, for some time now, unfortunately, while we've been asleep at the wheel, we've allowed the world to creep into the church. Second Timothy says, In the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. We've allowed the world's values and ideals to come in and begin to corrupt the DNA of the body of Christ through Christian worship services that are more like concerts at a club somewhere and less like worship that can usher us into the very presence of God. Some have been lured into becoming more interested in being the next rising star in the Christian world than about being submitted to the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. We've been convinced that we should conform and change the gospel of Christ to be more user-friendly, to attract more people. So we've shortened our services. We keep the Holy Spirit in a box because he doesn't fit into the program schedule. I think sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit like an old embarrassing family member who we really don't want our friends to see because we're afraid of what they might think about us. But the Word of God says in Mark 8, 38, that we're, if we're ashamed of Him, He will be ashamed of us when He comes in the glory of His Father. No, we need to allow the time for the flow of the Holy Spirit in our church services. We, when we don't, we will not see the miracles, the signs, the wonders that God wants to do for us. When we give space for the Holy Spirit to work and to move as He wills, people's lives are changed. People are healed and delivered. Do we really want to take the time to be changed from glory to glory and see others changed? Or do we want to hurry up and get to lunch? That's really the bottom line here. But there is good news. And the good news is that it's not too late. We still can turn the tide. We can make our voices count once again. We can start fighting back and fighting the battle back on our knees seeking the Lord like we never have before. We can wait upon the Lord so that he might renew our strength. We can put the armor back on and prepare for what is ahead because it's going to get worse before it gets better. We're all familiar with the passage in Matthew 24 where Jesus is telling his disciples what the world would be like at the end of the age. Jesus said that there would be wars and rumors of wars, people revolting against each other. Nations against nations, famines, diseases, earthquakes all over the world. These would be the beginnings of sorrows. We know that it's always darkest before the dawn. And when we see things that affect our lives as a nation or as families, we must have the boldness of Christ to stand and say, no, in Jesus' name, we will not back down from the word of the Lord. Jesus told his disciples that he who endures to the end shall be saved. It's our job to endure, to stand, having done, therefore, all that we can do, just stand. Before I began to write this, you know, I felt an overwhelming stirring in my heart that Satan has overplayed his hand here in this day. I truly believe that God is about to show his hand mighty and to be a wrecking ball to the plans and the schemes of the enemy in this hour. I believe that the weapons that have been created to destroy America will be brought down in the mighty name of Jesus. And that the people involved will be removed from the offices that they hold and, and they will be held account to what they have done. I believe that the wealth that they have accumulated through their unrighteous and illegal schemes will be given back to the people, and I believe in this hour of time that God will bring justice and spare this nation if we will only dare to stand with him and stand up for the truth. Can you see what time it is? Do you recognize the seasons that we're living in? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 8 says, "To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die." A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. I believe that God has placed us here for such a time as this. He has a plan and a purpose for your life and for mine for the very days that we're living in. You and I are chosen vessels that he created to use to light the fire of the gospel, the fire of revival in our land once again but we have got to move. We must pray like never before. We can no longer sit back and accept the status quo. There's no more time for that. It's time to get involved. Of course, we can't do it all by ourselves, but corporately, we can do a whole lot. The first thing, of course, is to seek the Lord and pray more earnestly than ever. Second, get involved at church or in the community as you're able to do so. Third, always prayerfully cast an educated and biblical vote at every election. Fourth, let your voice be heard at local commission, city hall meetings, and school board meetings. If you see that they're going to be discussing matters that God may place on your heart, go to the meeting and see if God doesn't give you the right words to say. Fifth, if you think about launching a protest or counter-protest for or against a particular idea or agenda, please always prayerfully consider how to handle that, because we don't want to go out and be the cause of trouble or the start to an argument, but I do feel like we can respond to And answer to trouble if God leads us to do so so remember our primary goal here is to advance the kingdom of God and share the gospel of Jesus Christ in closing I'll say this that God gave us the Holy Spirit he gave the Holy Spirit to the church to be a powerhouse in these last days so lift up your heads O you gates and be lifted up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in who is this king of glory the Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle psalms 24 7 and 8 let's take a second and pray father god i thank you for this time we've had together father i pray for this nation lord and i pray father god that there's a stirring in your people a stirring of revival and fire of your people father god to get out and get involved and start spreading the good news start spreading the biblical principles that you have for us father god let our voices be heard once again father let your anointing fall upon us, Lord, to be vessels that you choose, Father, that our light may shine, Father God, in this evil world, and that we'll turn the hearts of men back to the Father. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time to be the unexpected warrior that God has created us to be. God bless. Mm-hmm.